This is Fantasy Intervention. Now here to intervene with your fantasy life, Steffi Smalls and Chase Vernon. And of course, of course, we brought in a couple of special guests. Everybody pretty much knows Dave over there, but I have to introduce a superstar. He's a big fan of Caillou, right? And of course, <laughs> love the little guy. <laughs> oh man, this goes without needing an introduction. But we do have Jason from the Fantasy Footballers in with us tonight. What's going on, Jason? How you doing tonight? I'm doing rather well. Pleasure to be here. Uh, it's gonna be a good time. We're gonna have we're gonna have a crazy hour. I don't know how long is this. Yeah, it's about an hour. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna try and uh, plug it in, keep it keep it all, you know nipped and tucked in the right places to make sure we're not going too far over taking up too much of your time keep it tight keep it right keep we, it didn't, tight. we didn't go over that though we i thought that we were just gonna just go for it everyone's just gonna go for the flow i didn't, I didn't hear anything about nip talking yeah well of course i have to sit there and <laughs> bring that that factor into it but of course everybody knows steffi smalls we have chase here coming at y'all with another episode of fantasy intervention now, before we dive into it, I do have to give a huge shout out to Dynasty Trade Calculator because guess what? They actually are giving away some free stuff. Once we end up getting up to 500 subscribers on YouTube, we're actually going to be giving away a free membership. That's right, a free membership to Dynasty Trade Calculators. If you guys don't know what Dynasty Trade Calculator is, pretty much if you guys like sit there and you try and mess with these bad Dynasty trades, they can really make your lower back ache. Plus all these hours you spend trying to analyze teams, working on offers, it all adds up to stress and strained backs. So the problem isn't really how much work you're doing, it's how you're doing it. Because if you had Dynasty Trade Calculator, it, it makes it a whole different animal. It's revolutionary. And the way that they actually take player trade evaluations and be able to kind of morph it into accurate measurements, the open market of players and picks is just endless. So no matter how many trades you're making, Dynasty Trade Calculator can help improve the quality of your trades and make your sore back issues forgotten as Josh Gordon. Sign up today at <laughs> DynastyTradeCalculator.com. Once again, that's DynastyTradeCalculator.com. One more time for the people in the back, DynastyTradeCalculator.com. And make sure you guys go to FantasyIntervention.com, click on the viewer page, and go subscribe to our YouTube. So... Let's go ahead and kick the show off. Now, we obviously have Super Bowl week, right? This is a big time, big time week for a lot of people. For fantasy, not as much, but there's still a little bit of an opportunity to get in there with DFS and, and whatnot. So I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the different uh, performances that, that happened or occurred in the last time they played earlier in the week. We have the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, 462 yards, three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, 13 receptions, 269 yards, and three touchdowns. It was the first quarter to melt faces. And then Kelsey, eight receptions, 82 yards. Meanwhile, on the Buccaneers side, we had Brady, 345 yards, three touchdowns. Gronkowski had six receptions for 106 yards. Godwin had eight receptions for 82 yards. And then Mike Evans had three receptions for 50 yards and got those two tutties in. So we'll start out with Jason over there. First off, who do you have, and do you see any kind of repeat performances happening in this upcoming Super Bowl game? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the the great players are, are going to perform well. I, th I think it's going to be an offensive Super Bowl, which is exciting. So um, I've got the I've, I've got the Patrick Mahomes led Kansas City Chiefs getting back to back titles. You've got uh, obviously the experience there with the GOAT, uh, you know, but you look at the last decade, he's about 500 in the Super Bowl and uh, he's not usually going up against Pat Mahomes. So I I, you know, I, it's really difficult for me to bet against Mahomes. So for those reasons, I'm taking him. But I do think it'll be a shootout. Um, we were talking on today's episode that is actually tomorrow's episode uh, <laughs> that will drop whether or not Tom Brady will get 245 passing yards. And I, I definitely think he will. Um, you know, he crushed that number last time around. And, and if they're losing, if they're going to – like, if he doesn't get to 245 passing yards – I feel like m maybe the Buccaneers actually win the game because if they're down, if they're losing, they're going to go all out. You, you know, uh, Bruce Arians isn't going to be uh, losing via Leonard Fournette. He's going to be airing it out and saying, Brady, go, go get us the, get us that ring. Yeah. I love that take. I mean, sitting there looking at it, it's going to be a competitive game in my opinion, but Steph, like, where are you at in this, in this game? Where do you think it's going to end up? Yeah, so my thing is Tampa's pass rush, I just think, has been kind of on fire. So with the, they have six players on that team that have three or more sacks. Pretty impressive. I think that if they're able to really keep up the heat and, I mean, even against the Packers, they had five sacks alone, eight QB hits. I mean, we're talking about a pass rush that's really on the up. They've got Barrett, JPP. I mean, JPP is like the leader for them this year. I mean, he has had... He scores four fumbles, but I think that their pass rush, if they win, I think their pass rush will be a huge aspect of that. Dave, how about you? Where are you feeling with this? Yeah, first of all, I love you calling out the pass rush stuff because I'm expecting a monster game from Shaq Barrett. Uh, when the season started, I had the Chiefs over the Bucks. That was my pick. But now mm -hmm. as the season has progressed and I've watched Tom Brady and the Bucks kind of mesh a little bit, I'm starting to lean towards the Bucks a little bit. And then when I heard that news story. You can't, you uh, can't go preseason where you've got the Super Bowl pick I'm, done. And then I know. You've, got it. you've got the glory play. Like you called it. You know, I even had it's great. I, 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 even had, I even had the round. I even had the round before down. I mean, I, I had it. But um, for me, the big deciding factor was that news story that came out about how Tom Brady kicked his family out of his house and he's been spending 12 days sitting at home nice Brown? watching tape. I mean, that just uh, it, it's so tough to bet against Tom Brady seeing what they've done. And I get your point, Jason. It's tough to get bet against uh, Patrick Mahomes as well. But I mean, Tom Brady's a goat. He's done this his entire career. It's uh, I, I'm starting to lean towards them just a little bit. You've got two explosive offenses. And then when you look at the defenses, Tampa Bay has the clear and obvious advantage. So I, I think you got to go with Tampa Bay in this game. I'm, I'm a little disappointed, Jason. I mean, bear down. You're kind of going against your people, man. What is up with that? Gronk. You have, Look, to, you have to root for Gronk. We're not a football school, so. Yeah, I know. It's so <laughs> Like, bad. I don't care. Gronk is the best in, end of list. That's all we produced. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, I mean, sitting there looking at it, like, there were a lot of performances, but are we going to see any of these repeated? So, like, Jason, do you think that, that Tyree Kill is going to go off for 269 yards again? Like, is that even in the realm of possibilities? That's, I mean, that's an easy no. Will Tyreek be involved and great? Yes. But obviously when you are humiliated to the degree that, I mean, that, that was, that was one of the most fun performances I can remember. You know, you, you have the first quarter end and you're able to say things like he's on pace for a thousand yards this game. 
Um, <laughs> but the reality is those are human beings, and they were humiliated by Tyreek Hill, and that's not going to happen this time. So, you know, if I had to pick whether this is going to be a, a Tyreek Hill or a Travis Kelsey game, I would I would flip the script and say it'll be more of a Travis Kelsey game than Tyreek Hill. But uh, you can't stop either of those guys. So they're both going to have fine games. So sitting there and looking at it like, you know, you you see both teams actually having a weakness in the middle of the field. So, I mean, could Grock go off and, and have another, you know, big time game for him or at least by his standards? Is there anybody else in this game that could have a repeat performance? Or are we going to see something that we saw from like last Super Bowl where Damian Williams just comes in and wrecks shop? You know, maybe Clyde Edwards Hilaire goes in and has four touchdowns or something insane like that. You know, the sitting there and looking at it. The, the Buccaneers have allowed right around seven or so receptions to the running back over their past six games, I believe. So, I mean, is this something as to where we could see a different angle happening with this game? You know, I, I couldn't agree more. Oh, I, I don't I don't think this is going to be a running game for the Chiefs. I don't think the running backs are going to do much. The the I mean, in the in the passing game, sure. But the the D line of the Bucks has been so great. And Andy Reid knows that. And he's going to say, well, then let's just throw it every time. Uh, you know, that I, I, I don't expect uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire or Daryl Williams to have monster games here. I, I, I think it's going to be all passing. Dave, what do you got to say? What do you got to add? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say the same exact thing, that I'm expecting Travis Kelsey to get going for the same exact reason that Jason already mentioned. Tyree Kill, there, there's no chance. I mean, Bruce Arians would rather throw four guys covering Tyree Kill than let him go for 300 yards and three touchdowns again. The guy I'm expecting to have somewhat of a re repeat performance, though, is Rob Gronkowski. Just because when you look at it, I mean, Tom Brady, he's developed chemistry with all of these guys throughout his career. But at the same time, it's still his first year in Tampa Bay. And the guy that he's got the chemistry with is Travis Kelsey. So I think once they get close to the red zone, you know, he's got two of the best red zone uh, options in the league with Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski. But I think that when it comes down to it, he's going to be looking Gronk's way. So I don't know if we'll see him haul in six catches for 100 yards, but a handful of touchdowns wouldn't surprise me for, for Gronk in this game. We're sitting there, we're looking at it last night. Steffi and I kind of broke it down a little bit more. And one of the players that we really could see almost taking like a Tyreek Hill type role is who? Go ahead, Steph, take it. I don't I don't remember which one we were talking about. I was so tired. I have literally no idea. I knew Chase was going to do this at some point where he, he does this every podcast. He asks a question that he is so excited and thinks I'm going to know the answer and I have no idea what he's talking about. Like, it's supposed to be this great like setup, but it's not in Bali. It doesn't work. So I don't know who he's talking about. We were talking about Nico Hartman. Yeah, see? I don't know. Nico Hardman potentially playing the same yeah, role that Tyreek Hill played last time. And you so. said Tyreek Hill is more of a decoy to an extent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could totally see that. Absolutely. He's a player to watch out for. So, you know, with that being said, let's go ahead and, and give what our final scores for the game. You know, I'm sitting there thinking it's probably going to be a very close game or relatively close. I, I feel like it's going to be competitive. I actually have the Chiefs 31 to Tampa Bay 28. Dave, you can go next. What do you got? Well, life is way too short to bet the under. I've got Tampa Bay winning this one, 37 to 31. Steffi? I have Tampa Bay winning 37-35. Woo! Uh, I, I like the high scores. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Chiefs winning 41 to 37. Okay. We'll just make it a barn burner. That is a barn burner. 
go. Let's go. Watch this end up being a, a three six game, and we all are banging our face <laughs> after. Do it. Don't yeah. let us down. Yeah. This isn't twenty twenty anymore. We're yeah. up to the new no. year. These things are going to work. Jared Goff is not playing quarterback. Okay, so we're good. <laughs> Now, real quick, I do want to give a quick plug to fantasyintervention.com. Go to fantasyintervention.com and go to get some gear. You can end up with some sweet t-shirts like this mm-hmm. one, or we actually just got in koozies today, which you can see in Dave's screen, right? Yeah. Got stickers That's, over there. We got pins. Cold. Do you want to hear about my pins, Stephanie? No one sent me. No, I don't care about the pens. The Whoa, pins? The, the pins? No one talks to you about anything. <laughs> Anyways, guys, go to fantasyintervention.com and go grab a shirt, sweatshirt, anything like that. We are partnered with Virgin Global, who's handing all of our clothing. Meanwhile, we are directly shipping some of the smaller items. So go check out fantasyintervention.com and get some gear. All right. Let's go ahead and hop into the next part of our show, where I wanted to play a little bit of a game. A little bit of a game. Keep trade cut. You guys know it in the Facebook side of things is MFK because I can say those kinds of things on Facebook. Unfortunately, on Twitter, it's not acceptable. So we're going with keep trade cut. And I kind of wanted to test the waters a little bit. Kind of want to test the waters with how much of a homer Jason is over there. Because I want to know which one you're going to keep trade and cut between Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen moving forward in 2021. Yeah, I am uh, an unapologetic and sad Arizona Cardinals fan. Happy to have Kyler Murray. But if I could take Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson ahead of Kyler Murray, I would take Josh Allen. Um, And when I look at what I would want for a football team, uh, and this is pretty much, uh, we're talking real football, right? Not just fantasy. Is this fantasy or is this real football? This is fantasy. This is fantasy. We're talking all fantasy. Oh, yeah, this is where it gets tough. Things. Yeah, it's a whole different animal. That's a whole another. Now we're on two different things. <laughs> All right. Well, look, I'll 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 say both so that I can have at least my Homer hedge. If it <laughs> if it was a real quarterback, I would take Josh Allen first. Um, I would go Kyler Murray second. I would go Lamar Jackson third. But for fantasy purposes, the running is the true cheat code all three are mobile quarterbacks obviously Lamar Jackson has the best legs but I would take Kyler Murray first I think that uh, the offense no matter how good it was for fantasy this year it sucked like we watched Cliff Kingsbury has a lot he can improve upon Kyler has a ton he can improve upon like when I watch Josh Allen he was kind of ma- he was maxed. He was playing at full capacity. He was incredible. He was awesome, doing everything right. Uh, you watch Kyler and you're like, man, there there are some some missed opportunities, some yards left on the field over and over and over, both from a coaching scheme and, and from the playing ability. And I like when my quarterback is also a good quarterback. So I think the dual threat ability of being able to throw, you know, for 4,500 yards, which Lamar Jackson would only dream of. I would take Kyler first. So I'm going to, for fantasy, I'm going to keep Kyler trade. I'd probably trade Lamar Jackson because I think he's still got the higher value. I think he'll be drafted ahead based on his previous season um, and cut who I think is probably the best NFL quarterback in Josh Allen. You don't think that Josh Allen could still produce with, you know, with his legs? And also, I, I wanted to ask you why Kyler Murray could not connect with Andy Isabella this season, because that broke my heart. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because Andy Isabella is not good. Oh, don't <laughs> tell me that. Exactly, exactly. I was, it's, like, going to interrupt him. <laughs> it's a real shame, because we took him right ahead of, um, oh, DK Metcalf. Because uh, we really <laughs> needed a good wide receiver, too. 
and that was our pick was Andy Isabella. I mean, the truth is the Cardinals desperately need him. The Cardinals, you watch these games, you're like, man, we need a second wide receiver to step up. Uh, Larry's what he is now, and, and Christian Kirk is in and out. And Even when everybody was injured, Andy Isabella couldn't get on the field. So he's just – he's got a he, – he either sucks or the coaches suck, one of the two. He yeah. sucks. I'm yeah. sitting there. I'm personally I'm, – I'm keeping um, – I'm going to be keeping Kyler Murray. I'm going to cut – uh, Lamar Jackson, because I just don't trust his, you know, rushing upside being a long-term value, and then of course I have to trade Josh Allen. I don't think the market has ever been higher for a quarterback outside of maybe Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson following last season. Steffi, who do you have in this? So shockingly, I have the exact same as Chase. I'm going to keep <laughs> Kyler 100. percent I'm definitely trading Allen because of his value right now. I don't think I'll get anything for him later on, and then I'm. Definitely cutting Lamar. I don't like the way he drops his eyes, and I think that he's in a bad position for uh, years to come. So, all right, Dave. what do you got, Dave? <laughs> all right, um, I think that you uh, set this question up just so you'd have to hear me say that I'd cut Lamar Jackson, knowing how deep that that would cut me to say out loud. But uh, in this one, you know, I'm keeping Josh Allen just because I think that he's got a uh, a long career ahead of him. We've seen an upward trajectory every single year that he's been in the league, and I don't think that he's going to get any worse from here on out. Um, as for Kyler Murray, he'd be the option that I'd be trading right now. I, I love Kyler Murray, but his um, his long term. Uh, uh, you know, it, it scares me just a little bit. Uh, somebody that being that small, I don't know how long we'll see him in the league, and then that would leave Lamar Jackson as the odd man out that I would be cutting here. But I think that Josh Allen is just in a tier above those other two guys right now. I can understand that 100%. I can't argue with that. So let's go ahead and let's go on to the running back position because I want to make some like I want to make a little bit of a conversation about some of these controversial rookies. You know, we got Clyde Edwards Hilaire, we've got DeAndre Swift. We've got J.K. Dobbins. So, Dave, we'll start out with you this time. Which one are you going to keep trading cuts with these guys? So I am definitely keeping J.K. Dobbins. Um, I don't know if you saw, but J.K. Dobbins averaged over six yards per carry this year, which is the fourth most that we've seen any running back uh, with over 100 yards or with over 100 touches in a season during the last 10 years. So, I mean, he is just a freak athlete. Once we have Ingram out of the picture, uh, the door is going to be wide open for him to just take over as the bell cow running back. So I'm definitely keeping Dobbins. I would trade uh, DeAndre Swift because we have historically seen Running backs, not fare that well in Detroit. And he's coming off a good rookie season, but I don't know how long we're going to see that production continue. And then that would leave Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who isn't somebody that I hate. I think that he's a good value, and I think he's going to bounce back next year. But, you know, with uh, with two other great running backs in J.K. Dobbins and DeAndre Swift, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the, the odd man out that I'm cutting here. I can't with you. I can't. Steffi, give me something else. What do you got? Um. Yeah, that was weird. Um. <laughs> I... <laughs> I would go, okay, so I feel like this is probably, I'm going to be the odd man out, but I'm a huge Swift, I am a huge Swift fan. I'm absolutely keeping him. I think that the fact that he was able to have an 80, whatever, 81% completion rate on the team that he was on is remarkable, the season that he had being on that team. So I'm definitely keeping him. I am trading CH. I think that his, uh, I think he's shown that he is not a complete failure. He's done well enough to be worth something. And I'm cutting Dobbins. I, and you know what? I don't really have a good explanation for this one. I just don't think that this he is the future. All right, Jason, what you got? Uh, you the gonna shock keep, us? The I don't think I'm going to shock you, 
I'm going to definitely disagree with Steffi here because the keep is J.K. Dobbins. Um, Mm -hmm. He was – J.K. Dobbins was awesome. Uh, and, and when, you know, when you say when Mark Ingram is out of the way, he's, he's out of the way and, and come week 12 of this season, he was already out of the, out of the way. He was a healthy scratch in the playoff games. And the reason why is JK Dobbins. This is a team that's going for NFL records for team rushing attempts and rushing yards every year, um, uh, from week 12 on. And this is what you have in rookies, right? A lot of times rookies get off to a slow start. They're learning the system. They're behind another player. And then they break out, and you have to look at, well, how did they do once they got the opportunity? And Dobbins was the running back nine from week 12 on. Already in fantasy, he's got a nose for the end zone. So he's my keep. Uh, I'm going to cut DeAndre Swift because while I love the talent and I was so excited for what was going to happen, I mean, uh, uh, Matthew Stafford-less, Kenny Galladay-less, Marvin Jones-less, Lions- it's just not. I don't want to play in the. I don't want to play in that pool. It's very dirty. Um, so I. I will then therefore trade uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's fine. He's always going to have good trade value because he's attached to Patrick Mahomes. Um, that's how I see it. So you guys are all wrong. Like th- this is this is what's happening. Okay, we have Anthony Lynn, right? Anthony Lynn, who made Austin Eckler. Like an actual, like, you know, valid option in the passing game and in the receiving game, right? Then we have Deuce Staley, who is probably the best running back coach in the NFL. You know, he brought Miles Sanders in for the Eagles, who had a fumble on every 30.8 carries in college. And he's only fumbled, I think, six times so far in the NFL. So sitting there and looking at that, what Deuce Staley is able to do with his running backs, I mean, they named a drill after him that they use for the combines to evaluate running backs. Because he came up with this drill, and he's such a great, I guess, talent evaluator and getting the most out of his running backs. Now, unfortunately, the play calling wasn't there for Miles Sanders, but regardless, he is now with Detroit, along with Anthony Lynn. So you have that going for Swift. Swift is absolutely my keep. Now, do you and need a tetanus shot? If you're going to get in that pool, <laughs> he's I just also had sure a clock. <laughs> so <laughs> sitting there, Anthony Lynn. I swear to God, you say his name twenty times. Episode and well, also just it, when Swift comes up, look to say that he made Austin Eckler is that's an insult to my man, Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler <laughs> made Austin Eckler, <laughs> no, but he was the one that got the ball in Austin Eckler's hands by the play calling and Philip Rivers, too, because Philip Rivers loves his check down, you know, running backs, but there's still that factor there. So, the thing with J.K. Dobbins, by the way, I, I love J.K. Dobbins, but his pass catching upside is extremely limited. So obviously when Lamar Jackson wants to, you know, escape the pressure, he doesn't check it down. He takes off. So J.K. Dobbins, the way that he ended up the season, I believe has more value right now than Clyde Edwards Hilaire pending the Super Bowl. But I'm going to go ahead and trade J.K. Dobbins and I'm going to cut CEH. At least that's where I'm thinking. So let's go ahead and let's move on to wide receiver. We got a few disappointments from the 2020 season. Before I end up, I guess, diving into keep trade cut, when you're going into 2020, Jason, who'd you have like at the top of this list when it comes to Kenny Galladay, DJ Chark, and Odell Beckham? Uh, I definitely had Kenny Galladay at the top of the list. I mean, Kenny Galladay was a great wide receiver. If you look at the half a season that Matthew Stafford had the previous year, he was on fire, and Galladay's a, a, a true difference maker. I think if Galladay played 16 games, you would have – you would have had a phenomenal AJ Brown like season from uh from Galladay. Unfortunately he dealt with so many injuries 
say what you want about whether or not he this factored in it or not. He says it didn't. I say, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> he was on a contract year playing for a bad team. Like, what's the incentive to get back? Don't break your body. Get paid. Yep. Go to a good team. So uh, coming into this year, it was it, I was I was done with Odell Beckham. Um, you know, fool me once, fool me twice, fool me three times, whatever. Uh, I think three years in a row, he was a bust for fantasy. Um, and then DJ Chark was someone that I, I was probably, uh, I, I, I liked him more than I should have in retrospect. So moving forward, who are you going to keep trade cut? Well, it's tough with Galladay, not knowing exactly where he's going to land, but I do think he'll get... Uh, the biggest off-season contract. So someone is going to pay him a ton of money. I think he's the number one. I mean, you could argue it's it's Allen Robinson. This is a great free agent class. Not knowing where he's going to go, I would s still stay with Galladay at top. I, I think the Ooh. money is going to – if you invest $100 million in a guy, which is what he'll get, then it, the targets have to come. That that He's brought in to be the clear-cut number one. Uh, I'm going to keep Kenny Galladay. I'm going to trade Odell Beckham because there's always suckers. Uh, mm -hmm. And the name is huge. And Odell Hive. You, you know, they love some Odell Beckham. Do you guys remember 2014? Oh, boy. <laughs> Do I? Was he a good rookie? Um, and then I will, I will cut uh, DJ Chark, even though he will have the new young hotness at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing I was looking at. But, Steph, like, where are you with this one? Uh, okay, so maybe being – I'm a little bit of a homer with the whole uh, OBJ. Things are not – we haven't really made up yet, and I don't think that we ever will. So I'm definitely trading Odell. I have no interest in him. I know that there's a ton of fantasy freaks out there that are going to buy him. Way too expensive. So please go ahead, take him from me. I'm actually going to cut Mr. Kenny G. Uh, everyone knows I am not high on him. I think that, I mean, I think the best he did one season was like 60%. He's not all, he's, uh, I think he gets a gas a little bit. So I am not interested in him. Not, they didn't declare any injuries. It's a little sketchy. You don't know what's happening with the lions. You know where he's going. So I'm, I'm done with Kenny G. I where I'm over that relationship dead and gone. And then I'm actually keeping Shark. I think that he's going to end up having a very phenomenal season next next year. Man, I just want to know, how much does it pain you, Jason, every time that you hear Galladay's name and there's there's not a saxophone following? It it really is. You know, when, when <laughs> Steffi said Kenny G, which is uh, an appropriate nickname, there needs to be some smooth <laughs> j yeah. jazz saxophone in the background here. Right. Oh, man. What you guys are doing uh, to Kenny G here. But first of all, by cutting him, ridiculous. And, <laughs> and far worse, no no sax drop. I, I can't see your thunder, man. That, that's y'all stuff over there at Fantasy Footballers. Yeah, Please I, tell I, me I someone don't know else if my him. sound effects are working on the board or not. So I can't, I can't even play them through my audio here. Oh, that's a bummer. I can barely use a mic, so I don't think that I'll be doing any of that. <laughs> all right, Dave, who do you have? Well, I uh, don't have a whole lot to add here because I agree with Jason uh, most of the way here. I think that Kenny Galladay, when you're looking at these three guys, he is the standout uh, best of the three. I mean, uh, we, we joke about it all the time, recency bias in fantasy football and how short people's memories are. But um, the fact that people are forgetting what we saw from Kenny Galladay in a handful of games this year and in the previous year, I mean, he is legitimately a top five talent in the league. So wherever he ends up, 
uh, he is going to be the wide receiver one. It's almost impossible that he ends up somewhere uh, playing second fiddle. And between uh, Chark and Odell, that's where I'm going to make a little bit of a switch because I think that right now Chark's value is a little bit higher than Odell, and I think he might be able to get a bigger haul for him. And there is some risk in uh, DJ Chark as well. Obviously, you've got Trevor Lawrence coming into town next year, which is going to be a huge boost to his value. But there's a lot of other good young pass catchers on that team. LaVisca Chenault, Colin Johnson. So that scares me a little bit. And then that leaves Odell Beckham. Um, you know, we've just we've seen it for a few years now. He just cannot get connecting with Baker Mayfield. So assuming that Odell is still going to be in Cleveland next year, I want nothing to do with him. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say cut Odell. So I think we're the majority of us are on the same page with this. But I actually want to keep DJ Chark versus Kenny Galladay. I think that the new hotness at quarterback is actually going to work out for him over there. And, you know, he has a ton of upside. Meanwhile, Kenny Galladay, in my opinion, probably carries the most trade value that I can get back in assets. So although I like Kenny Galladay more and I think that he's better, I think that you still have tremendous upside with DJ Chark. And I just don't know what I can get for him in trade value. So let's go ahead and move on to the tight ends. And I want to go back to the Fountain of Youth because we have Fantasy Intervention over here, which has a crush on one major tight end. And I'm not even that on board with it. It's the whole rest of the team. We have Irv Smith Jr., of course. We have Mike Gusecki. But then the man, Cole Kmet Jr. over there. Oh, man. Dave, this is your crush. Your Bears fan. Let's go ahead and start with you, bud. Do I even have to tell you guys who I'm planning to keep here or do you guys already know it? I mean, you see the Bears helmet right up here. Um, Cole Komet, I mean, I, I can't say enough about this kid. Uh, we saw him. He was hampered heavily on the first half of the season when Jimmy Graham was getting the majority of the touches. Um, but they let him loose in the second half. Uh, he was playing, um, you know, a, a, the, the, the majority of snaps. But the frustrating thing is Jimmy Graham was still coming in when they were getting inside the red zone. So with Jimmy Graham likely out of the picture next year, Sky is the limit for Cole Komet. I've got him already plugged in as a low end tight end one, so I'm absolutely keeping him. Um, and then we've got Irv Smith Jr. and Mike Gusecki. Um, I loved Gusecki coming out of college. He is such a good athlete, and he's one of those guys that, um, you know, we, we always talk about his potential, but we haven't seen it turn into production yet. So I'm at the point where if I've got a cut between the two, I'm cutting Gusecki, and then that leaves Irv Smith Jr., who um, I don't necessarily want to trade because I think that once Kyle Rudolph is gone, Irv Smith Jr., much like Cole Komet, is going to be a tight end one. But, you know, just being the odd man out, I'd be uh, I'd be trading Irv Smith, uh, cutting Mike Gusecki, and then obviously keeping near and dear to my heart Cole Komet. Steph, are you on the same page? Uh, not entirely. Wait, did you say you would cut Gusecki? I, I would. Okay, so I would not cut Jaseki. I think that's an odd move. I would definitely maybe be trading him. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm listening to you. I, I had Kmet, but I almost think that Kmet right now, you could probably trade him for a decent value. Whereas the other ones, I don't know that anyone's getting super excited. So I think I'm gonna change up what I was gonna say. I think I would keep Jaseki, trade Kmet, and cut Smith. Ooh, it's brutal, Jason. You getting cut deep right here? What's going on? I, I am going to cut deep right here because I'm going to cut Cole Komet. Oh! Uh, yeah, take it right in the belly. Kapow! Oh! Peter, you hear that? Here's, body. You. Here's the reason why. I actually I like Cole Komet. I think he's talented. I assume Jimmy Graham will be a cap casualty. They're going to move on. Kyle Rudolph could be a cap casualty. So for the purpose of this conversation, let's assume both of these tight ends are out of the way. So Big Irv can have his moment in the sun, and Cole Komet can have his. 
the issue there between those two is who's the quarterback? Because, uh, oh, great, it's not Mitch Trubisky anymore, but careful what you wish for. Because <laughs> if they're bringing in a mid-round, first-round rookie pick, that's no, that's no guarantee to be better. And tight ends usually take a long time to break out, several years. That's more on the timeline of Big Irv than Cole Komet. So between those two, I would rather stick with Kirk Cousins and the, the, the older tight end, uh, more entrenched in the system. Um, and then, of course, I'm only deciding between those two because Mike Gesicki is the clear keep here. He's the only one that's really shown elite potential on the NFL field. Um, and, man, is he going to be good with Deshaun Watson. Yes, exactly. That's why I'm keeping oh, him. Finally, that's why I'm keeping him. And also, you don't have to pick Komet because you're a Chicago fan. I would literally never – I would ship Ingram to a, an island so far away. I'm picking Matt, David. <laughs> no, we all know he's a big fan. Our, our whole team is a huge fan of Cole Komet. I mean, somebody had him ranked in like the sixth overall for, for Dynasty Court. Was that you? For Dynasty uh, tight ends. So mm -hmm. that's a little bit nuts. I'm on the same page with Jason. I think the Irv Smith Jr. is a lock. Uh, you know, I'm going to trade Gusecki on his – actually, I mean, if Dave's in my league, I'm going to trade Dave Cole Komet, you know, for two first-round picks. But... Take my Kelsey. <laughs> for the most part you know i'm gonna sit there and trade gasecki and then cut cole Komet. although i do like Komet a lot i do think he's uber talented and i do think he has a future in this league now let's go ahead and move on to our next topic how much time are we sitting at i think we got time to actually do this we got time yeah we got time so i want to talk about players that i'm going to be excited about for 2021 we're going to go through each position. I don't want to spend too much time on it because, you know, we did talk about a lot of these, these players already in most cases. But the players that you think can kind of take the next step or the next jump. And I'll just go ahead and, and use an example. My quarterback is Joe Burrow. So, Jason, do you have a quarterback that, that you think that, you know, could take that next jump this upcoming year? Like, who's the next Josh Allen type player for you? Man, that's tough because, you know, the last couple of years, it's it's been pretty clear who the opportunities, ha you know, where it's resided, and that's been with mobile quarterbacks. The the quarterback this year that looks like you could take a, a massive step forward could be Justin Herbert, but I don't believe that in my heart. Um, I think he's awesome, but I think the defense gets better. I think the, the, re the need to be in shootouts uh, isn't there, and if you look at his fantasy production – the first part of the year versus the second part of the year, um, he was much more, uh, much much less mobile. Once he started getting the system down, he's not going to be a quarterback that's running for, you know, even the 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 old Alex Smith baseline where you had you know 300 rushing yards through the course of the season. It really gave you a good baseline. I, I don't think you're going to have that from Herbert, even though he can do it. Um, so if I'm looking at, at quarterbacks and trying to decide who I really like. Uh, Burrow certainly comes to mind. Um, this isn't really a step forward as in like, you know, what we saw with, uh, Kyler and what we saw the year prior with Lamar, but I still think a late round guy, he will be drafted late because his name is Ryan Tannehill. He's great. He's going to be <laughs> a phenomenal asset over the last 26 games. He has more passing touchdowns than Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. um so uh, you know i i think for for fantasy he's someone i would look at steph do you have a quarterback that you think is going to make make that next step take that leap leap it's, excuse me whoa whoa Are you okay um yeah. so <laughs> Tannehill is actually one so he was kind of my cheat code in some of these leagues i was playing in 
uh, not dynasty, just your standard fantasy. I picked him up and I feel like he definitely was worth the pickup because he absolutely won me a couple leagues without a doubt. But can I say, okay, a team that I'm looking forward to having, a, whoever plays in Washington is going to do so well. I don't even care who it is. I just am so excited to see what Washington does. I think that whoever ends up there is really, they have all the tools to be a phenomenal football team. So I'm excited for the who X, whoever plays. The yeah, Washington Taylor Hineke is going to be real interesting, you know? Okay, so, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dave, what you got? Yeah, I agree with everything that all three of you said. Um, and Jason already hit on it a little bit, but I'm, I'm really excited to see what Justin Herbert can do last year. Um, or I'm sorry, next year, because you guys know I him. talked about it a lot. I, I don't I don't hate Justin Herbert. Oh, no, you it, hate him. You 100% we, hate him. <laughs> we saw a clear and obvious downward trajectory as the season went on. And Jason mentioned it. A lot of that was due to the fact that he wasn't running the ball as much anymore. And him running the ball stopped as soon as Austin Eckler became healthy. Austin Eckler came back in the game. Justin Herbert stopped running the ball. And then when he stopped running the ball, that opened or that closed some of the opportunities to pass the ball downfield as well. So I think that he's great. I mean, when you see him really plant his feet and throw the ball, he might have one of the strongest arms in the league. But I'm excited to see if he can make that step and be consistent week in and week out next year. So I'm, I'm very excited to see how Justin Herbert can be in 2021. All right. Yeah, no, I'm sitting there, and it's interesting to see all the different avenues you can go. And I think that Josh Allen was that, you know, kind of standout candidate this year. I don't know if that's, you know, evident as much this year. We have to see what happens with 2021 and how this draft unfolds and whatnot. So let's go ahead and hop onto the running back position. Let's go with Dave. Who's your running back? You know, I don't have too much to talk about here because I already talked about J.K. Dobbins a little bit earlier, but he is the guy that I'm going to be locked in on next year. Um, I'm going to be drafting a lot of shares of him because I expect him to take that huge sophomore leap. Um, so J.K. Dobbins, that's who I'm most excited about. But I'm, I'm, I, I could gush about him for 20 minutes, so we can go to the next person. Steph, do you have one? Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Jason. What you got? Yeah. I just got to, I got to get it in there in case Steph says it, and then I'm. No, like... don't do it! Don't do it! <laughs> All right, who's no. yours? All right, fine. One, two, three, Saquon. Cam Akers. <laughs> I didn't hear who you said. <laughs> Never Saquon. mind. Uh, I was going to say Cam Akers. Uh, but Cam Akers to me is, uh, I'm so happy that he broke out so late. He, he has the opportunity. I don't know that it'll happen because the fantasy industry is just getting smarter and smarter every year. Um, and more and more people in your casual home leagues are are listening to these podcasts and, and uh, becoming more educated and yada yada. But there is the chance that Cam Akers could fly under the radar. And he was he inherited finally the Todd Gurley role in the Sean McVay offense. He dominated. He was an absolute superstar. It just happened so late that it didn't matter for fantasy. It was even through the, the real NFL playoffs. Now you add Matthew Stafford, who made Theo Riddick a thing because he, you know, he was always throwing five passes a game to DeAndre Swift this last year. I think Cam Akers is a monstrous breakout running back next year. We actually have a show with uh, Ryan McDowell tonight at 8 o'clock. And we're going to be playing a little game where we talk about the values of certain players. Oh, yeah, we got a game coming. Love so it's 
Great. Yeah, he's awesome. He's one of my favorite people in the whole community, especially when it comes to his advice and, and everything that he, he puts out content wise. So absolutely adore listening to him. Love everything he has to say. But, you know, one of the, the players I wanted to bring up, don't tell him, Ryan, if you're listening, just plug your ears for one second, please. But it's going to be a, it's going to be where these players are valued and uh, some of the rookies from 2020 and where they're valued. And honestly, like Cam Akers is flying up draft boards, according to fantasy football calculator. Did you know that he is actually above J.K. Dobbins one spot in ADP right now? That's nice. I believe it. I mean, his, that late season breakout is leaving people, you know, wanting more. So it's uh, it's something very interesting. Now, I think that by the time the season starts, as long as Gus Edwards moves on, I think that J.K. Dobbins will surpass him with that. But, you know, that remains to be seen. So my running back, we already talked about it for the most part, you know, Swift. So let's go on to Steffi. Who is your running back? Guys. I'm obviously going to be a homer, but I have background information and I wrote a whole quick shot that I've been trying to record all week that is not going well because I do better on lives than I do obviously talking to myself. I just find it creepy. But so Saquon is not injury prone. Saquon has had a, the way that he recovered is beautiful. He, his ACL, MCL and meniscus were torn. But he, they did a prehab. I was telling Chase about this during the season. It's something that they're doing with some of the players. It allows for the swelling and the range of motion to come back prior to doing that surgery. His MCL actually completely uh, healed itself. And they're, they were able to salvage his meniscus. Usually they have the meniscus removed. So this guy is looking at some good stuff. Like he's in a good position. Uh, you could look at Adrian Peterson and think uh, Saquon Hat is in a better position than Adrian Peterson ever was. And he, I mean, he came back the next year in 2012 and had a phenomenal season. So I think that Saquon with, as long as they get a wide receiver one, and as long as Jason Garrett remembers to put his brain in his head when he calls games, then I think that Saquon is absolutely (laughs) going to be a hit. You think he just leaves his brain at home? That's what he does. He leaves his thinking cap. That's what he used to call it during the season. Like his thinking cap is, I don't know where he left it, but someone needs to make sure it's on his head at all times. It usually falls off after second quarter. Well, let's go ahead and pop over to wide receivers, right? Because there are certain wide receivers that have breakout, you know, potential written all over them. You know, we talked about DJ Chark a little bit earlier. Mine is going to be CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb, you know, did a phenomenal job prior to Dak Prescott getting hurt. Oh, Jason, cut that out. Cut it out. I, no, I'm, so I'm in support, weird. brother. Oh, okay. I'm just sad <laughs> took the guy that I want. I mean, oh. CD Lamb is going to dominate next year, and he's going to be better than Amari Cooper. But I see the yes. four back to you. Uh, no, no, one hundred espousing on CD Lamb. I mean, the reality <laughs> is, is like they like when Dak Prescott actually was at quarterback, CD Lamb was only like a few points behind Amari Cooper, and now he has. A, this is in the first five weeks of the season for a wide receiver that's a rookie. Like now you talk about the ability to learn the playbook and the ability to, to build chemistry. And then you talk about Mike McCarthy's history with slot receivers. It's just all lining up to just be a beautiful, beautiful marriage moving forward. As long as Dak Prescott obviously resigns for the Cowboys. Uh, Jason, do you have anything else to add to that or, or any other reason why he would go off? I mean, that defense is terrible too. So um, I would say unfathomable talent uh, would be oh, my too. number one reason. <laughs> I mean, it, you look at what he did this year. He almost had a thousand yards in his rookie year with backups and sometimes backups to the backups at quarterback, playing oftentimes the third read in an offense. He's coming into his sophomore year, and 
with his talent. I mean, he finished as the wide receiver 24. Amari Cooper finished as the wide receiver 16. That gap is not that big. The talent, I think, is with CeeDee Lamb. He was my number one rated guy prior to the NFL draft um, last year, and I didn't love the immediate landing spot. But the long-term landing spot, I, I do love, and I'm, I'm going to be all in. He's an early candidate for a 2021 My Guy. Um, but if I'm going to throw another name out there, since you've got him, I'm going to bring up Deontay Johnson. There's no way Juju Smith-Schuster is part yeah. of this team next year. The, the Steelers have been years in the making of preparing to get rid of him. I'll be shocked if he resigns. And if it's a two-man show between Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson, so long as Deontay can – remember how to catch the ball uh, all those little short pitter-patter throws from Big Ben who I believe will be back uh, they'll, they'll rack up a bunch of fantasy points Jason do you play dynasty at all like how many dynasty, dynasty leagues are you in okay I'm in cool. two main dynasty leagues one of which I was the champion this year the other <laughs> I was the champion the year prior and the year prior so you know not to toot my own horn but I'm great at dynasty yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we would I, hope so <laughs> was, that, was that league that I think you went up Head to head with uh, with Borland like two years ago in one and uh, yes yeah, so I went up head to head with uh, actually with Judge Giamatti that oh, that's one was, what it was Brooks <laughs> um, no, that's was right the that's right and I and I I smashed his face wasn't somebody <laughs> buying the other person pizza or something yeah, I like bought, that I bought Brooks pizza <laughs> it, usually you know the trash talk it's hard to do with Brooks he is the kindest uh, most untrash talky guy ever so I tried to outsweet him. I uh, got him pizza, did anything and everything for him that week, and then I <laughs> smushed his face in the dirt with yes. my fancy yes. roster come Sunday. That's the energy I love. Yeah. That's me on Twitter every day. Smash Wait, smashing faces. face in the dirt. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was about to say, treat him with a ton of love and then smash his face. <laughs> oh, no, I don't. <laughs> so, Steph, did you have a wide receiver that you wanted to bring up or – yeah, he took my butt. I think I'm going to – I don't know why. I can't believe I keep talking about Washington. It's so embarrassing as a Giants fan. I am low-key a closet, like, Washington fan <laughs> after this year. It's awful. But I oh like Terry McLaurin. I think that all of his stats were improving in the right direction. I mean, he had over 1,000 yards. I think if you get someone good in there, I mean, this is a guy that's going to go off. He's just been getting better. There's no reason for him not to do even better next year. Dave, what do you have? Uh, this is a very Dave Kluge pick, but I am very excited to see Cortland mm -hmm. Sutton. Oh, Cortland okay. Sutton. No, no, no. Cortland Sutton back here. Um, I, I mean, we, we, we didn't get a chance to see him much, uh, you know, at all this year. But again, you know, recency bias. It's something that we talk about all the time. And I am somebody who takes advantage of those short memories that fantasy football players have. Corlin Sutton, I mean, this guy was just throwing up like Mandy, Randy Moss worthy highlight reel catches every single week two years ago. And now people have completely forgot about him and he's getting drafted in the fifth, sixth, seventh round in some of these startup leagues. Um, everybody thinks that Denver is going to address their quarterback situation this year. So uh, they, they've got to have somebody better than Drew Locke. So a healthy Cortland Sutton with a better quarterback. I am so excited to see what that kid can do next year. That's where I wanted Stafford to, to land. Because oh, man, that, it would have like, been nice. Sutton, yeah. Jerry, Judy, Noah Fant. I uh, love the talent of those three players, and I hate the fantasy reality of those mm -hmm. three players. Right. And so prior to Stafford leaving, I was, I was talking to the guys at Slack. I was like, man, I want Stafford to go there so that I can have fantasy relevance on those players. But again, it's like it, you can say, oh, we're going to upgrade from Drew Locke. Of course they're going to say that. We're going to make it a priority. But it's easier said than done. There's, you know, they don't have the draft capital to get a guaranteed 
guy that's better, and then there's Watson left. Or maybe they trade for Derek Carr. Like, the options are not infinity with quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, Watson is tied right now to uh, – to, to, um, I'm sorry, Watson is tied to the Broncos, but so is Mitch Trubisky. I was just reading that yesterday, that the Broncos are showing a lot of interest in Mitch, Mitch Trubisky with that uh, I, that Vic Fangio connection to Chicago. Why do so I that highly doubt that? <laughs> Man, I just crazy so when you say that Trubisky is a clear upgrade. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think he's an upgrade over Locke. an insult to Locke. <laughs> Now, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it and I want Dak Prescott to go there so bad. Like, I, I've been talking about it all season. I wanted Dak Prescott to go there. He's going to like, the Colts. I told you. Oh, why are you looking at me like that, Jason? He, he'll, <laughs> get, he'll get franchised if they don't he go. Will. He's not yeah. going anywhere because he's, he's not a free agent in the sense that he right. can be franchised a second time. So if they don't People come to a contract. People can dream. That, yeah, <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. I, it's become I'm a dream now. in need of a quarterback, like if I'm Washington. If, if I am immediately when free agency is open, I'm giving him the biggest contract that's ever been paid to a quarterback and saying, mm-hmm. come try to be my quarterback, make the division 100%. switch. But then the Cowboys can franchise him. So I, I don't I don't see that going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy because I don't know that Washington likes to play, uh, pay mediocre quarterbacks. I mean, they didn't pay Cousins. So why would they pay Dak Prescott? What? Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 Are you drunk? Oh, come on, bring the hate in the comments. Lo- Let's go. <laughs> Look, I love, I love the, I, I love what you're trying to do here. Um, I love that attitude, that fire. Uh, just don't be an idiot. You know, you know. What I mean? like, Jack Prescott's fantastic. Like, what do you, yeah, man. Oh, man, I love it. Love it. All right, so let's go ahead and hop on the tight ends. And I don't want to steal your thunder this time, Jason. So I want you to start out with it. Who do you have for your tight end position? Uh, Travis Kelsey. Um, uh, that is a half joke because I'm in. I'm in. I, I think when I put together my season rankings, he was like overall player seven or eight. Like I'm, I'm going in on him on the first. Um, however, obviously he's not a breakout player. Um, the, he was the tight end one this year and last year and the year prior and the year prior and the year prior. Um, so I'm going to go with a guy that I was very off of coming into the season, someone that I was anti it was all the hotness. There was a lot of rage about Tyler Higby. Is he going to be the Higbeast? Is he going to be the end of this season prior? And I was not a believer. But I think Gerald Everett moves on. And if Gerald Everett does move on and there's one tight end there to, to take that role, uh, I think it'll be a good fantasy fantasy asset. Yeah, and they're probably going to end up pulling in uh, – what's the what's the third-string tight end who's the blocker over there? He'll probably play a lot more snaps to kind of help out with that offensive line since Matthew Stafford – has been proven to be injury prone from time to time. Steph, do you have what? a? I hate when you say what? that. He plays through them. You have to give Stafford. You have to acknowledge the fact that he is a total badass, and he he literally could have a punctured lung, a broken this, and he plays through it. So he's injury True. prone, but he's awesome. He's tough as nails. <laughs> he yes. is. Yes, yeah, he's, he's one crazy. of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL, but, hands down. I just want to just throw some respect on his name. Okay? No, I got you. I got you. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, Obviously, Kelsey, I think that we're in a weird position with tight ends now in the league. It's it's kind of Kelsey over here, then you kind of have three people over here, and then I don't know what the hell is going on with the rest of them. But I loved Darian Waller this season. I think he played absolutely phenomenal. I think that he can only get better from here. Uh, but he's someone that I'm looking out for. I picked him up, and I actually traded up in one league to get him because, I mean, the tight ends right now are just – I don't get excited. After Kittle – Waller and Kelsey, I'm not like 
so excited that something fantastic is going to happen. Maybe it's because I have PTSD coming from a team that has Evan Ingram, but you never, you never know. I mean, the, I, I really only think of those three players really. Dave, who do you got? Well, Steph hit the nail on the head. I mean, you need one of those three tight ends next year. But since we're trying to go for some deeper cuts here, people we expect to break out. Cole Komet, clear, obvious answer. But I'm, uh, you know, for the sake of conversation, I'll switch it up a little bit here. Stay in the division, though. I'm very excited to see what Robert Tunyon can do next year. Um, he was somebody that I wasn't really buying in on this year. I thought that, you know, his, his games were a little fluky. They were touchdown dependent. But then after the season was over and I took a deeper dive, um, I mean, he was just he was consistent. He caught almost every single ball that went his way. Um, we haven't seen Aaron Rodgers have a good tight end since Jermichael Finley. And when he had Jermichael Finley, Jermichael Finley was one of the top producing fantasy tight ends in the league. So I think that Robert Tunyon has just as much skill as he does. Um, they might not have that number two receiver, but they can turn Robert Tunyon into the number two pass catching option. So I'm, I'm very excited about him next year. Come on, Martellus Bennett wasn't there for you, man. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. What was he, 36 when they signed him? <laughs> Dude, no, that was Bubba Franks, I think. No, but uh, sitting there and looking at it, Hawkinson is my lock here. I know that he did well last year, but I did a study and a deep dive into tight ends as to where the studs, they tend to break out in year two, and they really start to, like, they, they make their jump in year three. So I actually have Hawkinson in redraft as my tight end three and in dynasty as my tight end two, although it pains me to say I do have him just slightly ahead of Kelsey. I think that Kelsey's going to still offer value, by the way, for the next three years. But Hawkinson has 10 to 15 years ahead. Well, maybe not 15, but 10 years ahead of him as to where he produces a top end tight end. 10 Dog years. years. Wow. Dog years. Dog years. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead. The Spitballers, by the way, the Spitballers podcast that Jason runs over there with awesome. Andy and Mike. It is my favorite podcast. I literally like these two know I'm working literally from the time I wake up at you know 7 a.m. until I go to bed around one or two, maybe even 3 a.m. some nights. The only podcast that I have time to listen to, the only one is the Spitballers, and I listen to it every single week since so y'all came funny. out. Absolutely love it. So, Jason, I have a game. I have oh, a game. All right, let's play. And it's coming from the Spitballers, so hopefully you know you don't mind us jocking your style for, for a quick segment. No, we're made to be copied. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. We have the Would You Rather segment. All right, and we're going to mix it up because Mike came out in one of the episodes and he said, oh, yeah, I, I walked in and, and some of our kids were playing this game. And it was it was like the Would You Rather game. And he was actually talking about how it was a little bit more brutal than what he thought it should have been. Like, it should not have been a kid's game. And I was laughing because I actually have the game and it is very brutal. <laughs> so with that being said, we're going to mix in three football questions and we're going to do three non-football questions of Would You Rather. We're going to start it out with a football question, and we're going to say, would you rather the Colts quarterback be Jameis Winston or Sam Darnold? Okay. All right. So we're starting out with softball. Yeah, Uh, just something easy, a little bit of a layup. I want Jameis Winston back in the starting position because he's great for fantasy. The value of his interceptions knows no bounds. Uh, they just make him have to throw the ball more, rack up the yards. Look, those interceptions do not hurt my Paris Campbell and my, you know, uh, pass catching options. Uh, so I would definitely go Jameis Winston. He needs a And he got LASIK. 
He got LASIK for right? everything. I, mean, I don't understand. Are that. He got LASIK. He won't squint. It'll be beautiful what now, you're going to see. Now, at the same time, you've got Sam Darnold getting away from Adam Gates. And there is a <laughs> phenomenal history of once yeah. players yep. who played with Gase stop playing with Adam Gase, they're really, really good. Yeah. When does that start? Did it start with J.H.I.? Or was uh, it? Well, I mean, you've got yeah. J.H.I., you've got uh, Kenyon Drake. Tannehill, you've got Kenyon Drake, yeah. you've got Jarvis Landry. Landry, yeah. it might have been Landry, Landry. Was the fir- Landry was the first, definitely. Yeah. Hmm. All right, so Steph, who are you going with, Jason? I think you're going with Jameis Winston, right? Over Sam Darnold. Are those options? Yep. No, I don't hate Sam Darnold. I, th- I just think Darnold is staying put. I-, I understand that everyone is very high on the Jets getting a new quarterback. I just don't think it's in their journey. Okay, I just don't think it's happening this year. I think if they're smarter, they picked a top three quarterback. Why are you going to do that again? You might as well fill the gaping just disgusting holes that are on your team right now. Like just fill it, figure it out. So yeah, I'm, I'm very high on Winston. I love him. I hope that we get to see him eat some W's. Oh God. We'll, we'll go over that one last. <laughs> Fight for the R. What? All right. So he said, uh, yeah, keep trade to cut <laughs> one of us. We'll do that at the very end. All right. <laughs> Dave, Dave, hey, Dave. Jameis Winston's the obvious choice here. Come on. I mean, we, we saw what Jameis Winston did with uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I'm not saying that Michael Pittman and Zach Pascal are that good, but he can make them, you know, close to that good. And with as much as he turns the ball over, I want to see Jameis Winston play somewhere where he's got an elite defense that can balance out the turnovers a little bit. So uh, for me, the thought of Jameis Winston in Indianapolis, that's just that's just a wet dream. I would love to see it next year. A wet dream? Oh, Whoa. wet dream. Oh, uh, so Jameis Winston and Indy. Let's see it. Yeah, but I, I you're just still not throwing throw respect on his surgery. He got LASIK. He's not going to in- throw interception. I just want to see him chucking the rock to T.Y. Hilton deep, you know? Maybe some Marcus yeah. Johnson. Now, Hilton is in. a free agent, so we'll have to see where he's playing. There's a report that came out that said they're going to try and resign him. So, I mean, Forget the what report. is he going to command on the open market with the wide receivers that are out there right now? I, I don't know. Well, that remains to be seen. So I'm very interested to see if, if T.Y. lands back with them. We all know it's going to be Andrew Luck anyways. I mean, <sighs> dude, oh, please. what was up with that rumor? Jeez, man. Like some, some random person. Yeah, it came from like somebody with like 70 followers. Just like, you know, everybody ran with it. We'll see what happens. That's supposed to happen tomorrow. All right, so let's go with something out of the book. I wrote it down so I didn't have to go through all the pages. So the first question, and Jason, I think you might be able to relate with this relate with this slightly, is would you rather have a five-hour car, uh, car ride with four life insurance agents or a car full of infants? Ew. Oh, brother. <laughs> okay, that's that's a nightmare. So, do I basically do I want the babble that's happening to be understandable or not? Because both is just garbledy gook happening all around me. Um, look, they're going to be trying to sell you the whole time. I'm a lover know? of life, um, and life insurance. They, look, they're a lover of death. They're they're slinging <laughs> death contracts. I'm taking the babies, and I really? I love I love little babies. Um, so they will, I will drive in a way that will put them all to sleep and the nice <laughs> rocky, honestly, I mean, look, I'm a father of, of three. Sometimes when your babies can't get to sleep, you literally take them and put them in the car and drive around the yeah. block and that puts them to sleep. So your question is bunk. Those babies are sleeping <laughs> in my car. It's peaceful. Okay. Wait, 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 but there's a way to drive. 
to make babies fall asleep? Well, yeah, I mean, you, you don't said want drive to... it away. So I, I didn't can't know even that, make like, myself swerving. fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't want to be uh, going 40 over speed bumps, you know? That's not very uh, conducive to sleep. So I probably should have put in, like, you know, some sort of horrible interstate like that's over to. in Arizona that has potholes every few feet. All right. Uh, so... That's just Tucson. <laughs> yeah, that's Tucson. That's just, <laughs> he is 100% right. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and bounce over to the next would you rather question, football related. Well, I want to answer that one. Though. Oh, well, go then. Go. Let's do okay, it. Okay, I will because I disagree. I think that I would rather have the life insurance people, whatever, because you can't hit a baby, but you could definitely <laughs> hit one of the car insurance people. So if I needed to make it physical, like I would feel bad if it was a baby, but I could definitely slap one of like, Jake from State Farm, for sure, or oh, whatever. I'm just fair. saying, you know, you could physically hurt them if you needed to, if it was time. Oh, Dave. I mean, I, I can throw in here. First of all, my mom's a life insurance agent, so. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe she's my best friend. Mom, absolutely mom I love you, but you couldn't pay me to spend any amount of time in the car with you and your three of your coworkers to be the babies. <laughs> I cannot stand talking about babies life insurance. Babies scare me, though. <laughs> I don't like babies either, but I'll take them over life insurance agents any day. They just scare me. <laughs> Love you, Mom. That's brutal. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's go on to the next football question, right? You know, we got some new coaches out there. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at it. And originally, I wanted to put Adam Gase in there because, you know, I'm sitting there. I was looking at Jason's Twitter. I was stalking it a little bit. And I saw that he had two great posts back-to-back. He had the Dan Campbell press conference following the cow. The picture of the cat, or I should say the picture of Adam Gase. Mm-hmm. Now, I took that photograph. Just so did you know. I did oh, take man. that photograph. Yeah. Okay. I saw it, and I knew the potential of what a, a, a nice Twitter post that could, <laughs> that could become. It's very kind of you. Yeah. I love it. You know what? Let's just keep it there. Which one? Which one would you rather have as your head coach? I wanted to throw in Nick Sirianni as well, but, you know. Calm down. Let's go um, with Adam Gase or Dan Campbell. I mean, give me Guns Mahoney a hundred out of a hundred times. Dan Campbell uh, is is the far superior coach here. Um, I I did not love his press conference. I am not uh, sold on him entirely. But what I do like about him is that he is he is more of a CEO style of coach. Yes. He's not someone coming in to run the offense and run the defense and have some figurehead coordinator you know this is a guy that's going to try to find the best coaches around him and and manage and facilitate the team front to back um and so i would take him versus someone who's just he had peyton manning once (laughs) and so people think he's this great you know awesome coordinator this great offensive mind and it's like I would look. I would be a great offensive coordinator with Patrick Mahomes. Like I, if I go, if I get Patrick Mahomes, I promise you, people will think I am way smarter than I am at football. And, and, and so that's what happened to Adam Gase. But I can't have that happening. And and also the just the personality of the the person. I'd much rather work with a with a Dan Campbell than a Adam Gase. Yeah, I mean, and sitting there and talking about it, like you brought it up, like he's that CEO, <laughs> that CEO, you know, type mentality. You know, he's going to let Anthony Lynn run the offense, and Anthony Lynn's last running back was Austin Eckler, and now he has DeAndre. I'm done. I'm done. All right, Dave, what do you have over here? Yeah, you I, I, feel, 
I feel bad for Dan Campbell because his his whole press conference just got memed and and whatever. But well, I think he's he a great guy. He literally said he was going to bite people's kneecaps off. So yeah, it definitely I, memed. I love that energy. All right, you know I, I love you the like kneecaps the energy. Pain. Okay, but he did have um, to go from like the bottom of your body up. Like he, the way that he did it was out of control a little bit. I'll I'll take that over Adam Gase. <laughs> um, you know Adam Gase that. He's just, he's been terrible. Like, I have no idea how, like, what blackmail he's got on who. Yep. Him and Jason Garrett, like, they are in some okay. deep cult where they sacrifice something and keep a job day. every year. But I'm, I'm yeah, I, I'm, I'm done with Gase. I'd take Campbell in a heartbeat. Steph, do you have a difference of opinion? Are you going to roll um, with? I'm going to put Garrett into the conversation and say that I would take either of those before I would have Jason Garrett on my team. But if I'm being not dramatic, I am obviously going to take it. Campbell, I think he is a little over the top. I'm not bought in just because he wants to act like a cannibal. Like I'm not like totally buying that. I don't know what that that whole biting kneecaps was, but it was it was just so strange watching it over again. I couldn't believe that he actually said that. It's one thing to try to like get the team excited, but why are we talking about like ripping people's like ankles off and biting kneecaps it's just not getting that vibe but i'm not gonna pick gase because gase should not even be a coach in this i don't even know how he kept getting jobs peyton manning one time yeah i forgot it's it's i mean that's basically he's the best coach ever because peyton manning because peyton manning. Say no more say no more all right, so looking at it, I had kind of like rephrased this question because, you know, you're the only one with, with kids on this podcast, Jason, at least that we know about. So <laughs> sitting well, there and looking at it. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> you would. <laughs> I would definitely know. The guys forget that I'm a girl sometimes and it just kind of slips. Like, I would know. I, I literally wouldn't be able to not know. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> All right. Would you ha- rather have your wife or significant other order all of your meals? Or only be able to order off the kids' menu. Mm. That's easy. So at first, I was like, I thought you were asking if I want my wife to order all my meals or my significant other. I was like, oh, <laughs> watch out. It's getting dicey around here. Um, it, it was originally the wife versus kids, uh, you know, conversation, but I decided to change it up to the kids' menu, you sure. know, at that place. Um, you know, I feel like it would be beneficial I would lose some weight if I could only order off the kids' menu. Portion control, and it's always delicious. They don't put anything crappy <laughs> on the kids' menu because kids are so picky. So give me that kids' menu, and I will have I will happily eat my Happy Meal. All right, Steph, you're saying this is so easy. Oh my gosh, guys, listen. I was a great eater until I moved to the island. Then I moved to the island. There's barely any food there. You're I'm not gonna buy veggies because they're like. 30 EC for one bag of spinach that's going to rot. And I basically reverted back into a child when I moved there. So I do quesadillas. We do frozen chicken nuggets. This is my, that's my jam. So I could do it all day. I'm not going to let anyone ever pick my food for me. I would be so disappointed. Dave, I want to hop ahead of you on this one because I already think I know where you're going to go. You know, you know. Based off the conversation we had yesterday. So we're here, Chase. Okay, so you guys are, this is, this is, seems like you guys were preparing for this. No, no, we weren't. It was just a random conversation we were having. It and feels like I thought about it as we're in this. Okay, well, no, next no, no. time let Jace and I know, so then we can. So what, what's my answer, Jace? What's my answer? I think you know. Your answer would be your, your, your wife ordering everything for you, right? 
hundred percent. I pretty much ate off the kids menu before I met my, before I met my wife, I ate frozen pizza and chicken nuggets pretty much every single day. Um, so she started, you know, introducing me to foods. She worked at this great steakhouse in Chicago. (laughs) So she introduced me to the world outside of frozen pizza. So I would let her just keep taking the reins going forward with it. She's got a, she's got a great appetite. Jason, I thought you would actually take this into account because, you know, you're sitting there and you could actually blame your, your lack of choices, you know, because your wife has taken advantage of it to where, you know, you would have to eat healthy, right? And I know that would suck at the same time, but, you know, you, you know, could I, sit there and go ahead. Look, I just got caught up in kids' meals. I love them. Uh, <laughs> this is I no agree. slight. Again, I mean, honestly, we go to a restaurant, I'll often just be like, you know, Tiff, what do I want? And then she'll tell me what I want because she knows she knows me well. I, I would do great on on either aisle here. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty much just a, a world-class eater. So whatever you're going to feed me, I'm going to be happy with, and I'm going to eat it all. Love with it, you, Jason. I, I'm sitting there. I got to go with, with a significant other ordering food for me, although I'd probably end up disappointed in both. Where do you, I like these, to eat you have a food. makeup girlfriend that you never drink? <laughs> no, I don't have what, one. I'm just saying. What other? I, if I did, <laughs> would not Bentley order for me, okay? My dog. Kaya right. definitely is not ordering for me. She would blow it. We got two questions left, all right? The next one is going to be slot receivers because both these guys are free agents. Sitting there and looking at it, you know, who would you rather have on your team as the slot receiver, Chris Godwin or Juju Smith-Schuster? Obviously, with Chris Godwin, keep in mind that he's probably going to demand an extra, probably, what, $4 million more than, than Juju, maybe maybe five? Yeah, I mean, when, when you're paying up for, a, you know, a certain tier of any position, I would rather – pay the extra for the elite. And while I do think Juju is still a good wide receiver, I don't think he's to the caliber that Chris Godwin is. Chris Godwin had an injury riddled season was very disappointing this year, but when he was out on the field, he was great. Uh, he's got good hands usually outside of the playoffs and, um, great route runner, strong. He's pretty much everything I would want in a slot receiver. So I would go with, uh, Godwin personally. All right, Dave, what do you have? Yeah, I mean, Godwin, 100%. Um, uh, people don't realize that a lot of those drops came. I mean, he was playing with a broken hand. He had a surgery in the middle of the season to put a pin in his finger, and you need your hands to catch your football. So a lot of those drops, I think, were because of the injury. I mean, I just – I feel like I've said this 10 times on the show today, but people have such short memories in fantasy football. A year ago, we were talking about this guy is the wide receiver one in football, and now people are treating him like he's just, you know, a low-end wide receiver too. Um, I like Juju, don't get me wrong, but when it comes to size, speed, technical skills, work ethic, Godwin has the, um, you know, leg up in almost every single category. What do you got? You're, you're laughing. You're smiling. What are you thinking, Steph? Because first of all, I never considered Godwin. I don't want you to use words and put them into my mouth. I definitely never, I never felt that way about Godwin. I am not high. So my thing with Juju is if he goes to the right team with a coach that can basically absolutely just like beat the crap out of him and get him to get his attitude in check and to make him grow up, he's going to be fantastic. I can't believe I wish this on myself. I tweeted the other day. I actually think that a good coach for Juju would be Joe Judge. I think that with what he did with Golden Tate, I think he's very good at honing things in, getting people to just grow the heck up. So I'm going to go Juju only because I think that the talent over there with Godwin will end up overshining him. Godwin is my number two dynasty wide receiver. So that's my answer over there. 
Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and let's jump into the last question. All right. You return from your fabulous Hawaiian vacation only to discover you have leprosy. Which body part would you prefer to lose first? Your thumbs, both your thumbs or your nose? Wait, what do you mean thumbs or both your thumbs? Uh, both your thumbs or your nose. Okay. I'm glad there's specificity here. There's important distinctions being made right now. Um, man. So you're, so the, 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 the thumbs are so much more valuable, but the nose is so much more aesthetically important, right? No video games, no button in your pants. I mean, you're gonna have to get tie pants. I can still button my pants. I'm gonna be honest. Really? With you. I, I, I can, I can attempt that later and verify. Let us know. I, let us know. Yeah, I, I, I will certainly let you know. Um, man, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna ditch the thumbs. I don't know if that's just vain, but there is, you know, look, there's, there's no hiding a missing nose when you walk in a room. That's just <laughs> not a thing yeah. that you can look do. Look at Voldemort. Uh, yeah, I was thinking I mean, the same thing. I looks I mean, like an idiot. But he commanded respect. I don't yeah, care. I, I mean, I don't think it was because of the nose. I could. I mean, I need to reread the series, but I, I don't believe it was the nose as to why he couldn't be named. Um, no, I'm, I'm certainly, I'm gonna figure out how to work with eight fingers. Just like JPP. Right. It's fine, fine for him. Not He's a been big deal. rocking. He's doing great. I mean, you only have one nose. You yeah. got a lot of backup fingers here. It's true. Steph, how are you feeling? Like, So here's the thing is opposable thumbs are something that are very rare and very nice that we have. My, I had a nose job. My nose cost me $10,000. I'm keeping my fucking nose and my thumbs are out of here. <laughs> so that's where we're going. The thumbs, I'll cut my whole hand off at that point. <laughs> so I'm a little bit biased, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think opposable thing, thumbs are like the main thing that separate us from being monkeys. So yeah, yeah. I think you got to go with your thumbs. I mean, I can, I can just switch from live streaming to radio without a nose and I'll be just fine. I thought Darwin would be so proud of you right now. I thought that monkeys had opposable thumbs. They do not. That's they the do not. Are we the only ones that have opposable thumbs then, huh? We are. Okay. That's what makes us so cool. I always make fun and of Kaya. I'm like... Slightly <laughs> higher intelligence. I would say that's another thing that separates us. I mean, just a little... Have you seen Twitter? Well, not all of us, but... You know, I saw a gorilla crack a coconut open with a rock. You know, I wouldn't have thought to do that. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, I'm going... I'm going... I'm right here with Troy, by the way. I'm going right here, here with Troy. I'm... Oh wait, I, he's saying get rid of the thumbs. I gotta so, keep the thumbs. You'll look so gross. You're gonna look so gross. You know how gross that is? Voldemort yeah. didn't even have his nose completely gone and he looks horrid. But try using like, you know, like try playing video games. Like video games are, are done. You're never playing video games. And I don't really play a lot, so I'm trying to come up with an argument. But I mean, I'm really just concerned about buttons. You're reaching. You're I'm reaching. reaching. As one of my favorite uh, professors would say, you're drowning, sweetie. That's what she used I'm, to say to me. I'm trying to swim. I'm trying to, trying to get back up there. Oh, man. All right. So let's go ahead and let's get out of here. Make sure you guys like and subscribe on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash fantasy intervention. Go check out our store. We've got koozies in. We've got stickers. And we've got cool shirts with free and global stuff on it. So please make sure you guys go check out fantasyintervention.com. Let's go ahead and get you out of here, Jason. Let everybody know where to find you, everything that you guys are doing over there for fantasy footballers. 
what's going on? Yeah, you can find everything at the fantasyfootballers.com. Um, we've got our ultimate draft kit pre-sale starting on Super Bowl Sunday at ultimatedraftkit.com. And this year, for the first year ever, we're coming out with a dynasty pass. So that will be available starting Super Bowl Sunday. We've been working on it. It goes live in a couple days. So very excited. All right, Dave. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at dkluge90. That's D-K-L-U-G-E-9-0. You can find me writing articles at Fantasy Intervention. And you can find me on Fantasy Pros doing NBA stuff. And then I'll be writing some long-form featured articles for them this season as well. Thanks so much for coming on, Jason. It was awesome getting to chop it up with you today. Anytime. Yeah, absolutely. Steffi, where can we find you? You guys can find me at Steffi Smalls, the three L's, working with these two. It's been a blast. We're doing some really great stuff. I'm super blessed to have these two in my life and to have Fancy Intervention. So thanks, Jason. I'm a huge fan, so I was uh, a little uh, shocked when I saw you reply. I'm very excited that you came. Thank you. Happy to be here. Good luck with everything going on in the future. Yeah, it's been fun. Make sure you guys go check us out at join our circle underscore. Once again, that's join our circle underscore. We've got a great team over there. Got close to, what, 35 people or so. They're just doing amazing things that I didn't even imagine would happen when I started this podcast back, you know, about two years ago or so. You know, it's kind of funny. The whole reason why I started this was because I was sitting there talking about how I wanted to do a fantasy football podcast, how I wanted to do it, how I wanted to do it, but I never actually did it. And, you know, I, I was t- telling all my friends, everybody's like, dude, you should do it. You know more than football than anybody, know more about football than anybody than, that we talk to. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then I'm listening to this AMA by the fantasy footballers. And it was, you know, how did you guys get started? And Jason came out and flat out said, he's like, we just did it. Like, that was the most important thing to do is we just went out. We got the show we needed and we did it. And I was like, you know what? I just need to do it. So, Jason, I want to give a special thank you to you, not only for coming on, but for being the reason why Fantasy Intervention is, is that where it's at right now. Because I probably wouldn't have done it without you. I'm glad you're all in my coaching tree now. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, man. Thank you guys for tuning in. And thank you guys for letting us intervene with your fantasy football life. We're out. <laughs>